0: Welcome to the winged wheel podcast here to talk all things hockey are your hosts brad crisco ryan Hanna, and evan lobsinger
1: It's appropriate that on the episode we talk about uh, summer break is the episode where all three of us are just barely hanging on
2: Yes, yeah, (laughs) you guys are hanging on you know what? Surprisingly, I'm doing the best out of all three of us.
1: I'm
0: putting on a brave face right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's because like you could have woke up like 15 minutes ago and just like rolled into this room.
1: I I understand the privilege that I had, which is why I made a point to shower before you guys got here. Uh, this is the whatever the whatever the opposite of um, after dark podcasts are. This is the before light podcast where <laughs> we're recording at the, the crack of whatever. Um, just because that's what fit into our schedule today. Brad's eyes are more swollen than I've ever seen them. Evan surprisingly is more put together than we usually see, which means we get like end of day ragged Evan usually.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I only really have a few clothes right now, so I just throw on whatever I could potentially
1: wear to the golf course. Whatever boxes were closest to the bedroom. Yeah. As you've been unpacking. The
0: the real problem is, is the laundry hasn't been done since we moved in, since there's a thousand other things to do. And I'm, like, you know, getting down to, like, my C and D tier list clothing now. Yeah, it's a tough life, let me tell you. Yeah, this
2: polo doesn't even have the Masters logo on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is just some crappy one I bought from
1: Golf Town. (laughs) It looks so nice. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm wearing a uh, Lions jersey. Is it because I love the Lions? No, no one does. We... Love the lines, but we don't love the lions. Uh, it's because I have no other clothes that aren't wrinkly. And when you put yourself on camera, that is now something you have to be cognizant of. Because my parents know how to use YouTube, and if my mom sees this, she'll murder me if it's wrinkly <laughs> clothes. Anyways, um, begrudgingly? No, that's not the right word. We're here. The Winged Wheel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm mostly Brad Crisco. And I'm Evan. So, uh, like we alluded to, summer break. Um summer break for those of you who've been listening for a while on the winged wheel podcast Doesn't look like uh what you might imagine summer break to be we're still going to be here once a week Patrons you're still going to get something extra We're in the place of the midweek episode we'll have a patreon exclusive Uh except for this upcoming week We probably won't just to give ourselves a minute to breathe and then we'll kick back into it Um but yeah summer break for us means we we post our usual episodes on sundays Uh instead of the two weeks and we just kind of get to Chill out, hang out, recharge, let the news flow in, because as you've noticed, it's slowing down quite a bit now after the absolute flurry that's been the uh, the last few weeks, one, f- weeks, month, etc. It's been one flurry. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, uh, I realize as we're no, Actually,
2: there's been three, two went to Seattle.
1: Yeah. See, because I got that wrong. Yeah. So you got that wrong. And uh, as punishment, can you turn on the studio lights? I realized I didn't even turn them on. I
2: don't know. They're pretty far away, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that'll be starting now. If there is a big news episode, like let's say Verona signs for like eight years, $90 million a year or something like that, we're going to be uh, putting out an episode whenever that is. So if that happens on a Tuesday, we'll obviously put out a midweek episode and we'll all just adjust. Thank you, Brad. I don't like this. This is too much light. Yeah, well, actually, I should have done that to wake us up sooner. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we made it. We'll be doing this until things pick back up and that'll probably be, I don't know, a month or so. Um, but We try not to predict these things because the moment we commit to anything as a hard date, the world has a way of slapping us around.
2: Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that Verona extension to come through in like 30 minutes. I'm fully prepared for that to
1: happen. And yeah. And then at which point, Evan.
0: That group chat will be on a seven-day mute until (laughs) Sunday. So uh, (laughs) that's your problem, not mine.
1: (laughs) Anyhow, uh, thank you to all new listeners and listeners who have been listening for a long time. I appreciate you sticking with us through what was... The most fun off season that we've had since we started this show. So, deal with it, man. Did you, you did you put an, a drink in your travel mug that had ice in it? Yes.
0: What did you think that sound
2: was? No, I'm just saying. Like for a guy who's in front of a mic so often, <laughs> <laughs> normally I've ne- I'd never bring this here. Um, what's extenuating circumstances? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about what you've done for the last twenty four
1: hours. This man should be in jail. <laughs> Just so he can sleep. Um, okay. The other point that I want to make here is to mention uh, the Jamie Daniels Foundation, which is a foundation that we are proud to partner with. Uh, it's a. Ch- the more we talk about substance use disorder, the faster we can end the stigma and get support to those in need. The Jamie Daniels Foundation is a children's foundation initiative, and it was established in memory of Jamie Daniels and founded by Jamie's father and Red Wings lead announcer Ken Daniels and Jamie's mother Lisa Daniels Goldman. They strive to end the stigma of substance use disorder and provide support to those struggling with the disease or who. Are in recovery. To learn more and support the Jamie Daniels Foundation, visit JamiedanielsFoundation.org. And as always, um, I shouldn't say as always, as we've mentioned over the last few episodes, uh, the Winged Wheel podcast night at Little Caesars Arena, November 13th. That's the Red Wings versus Montreal Canadiens game. Um, Please let us know if you're interested in coming to that. There is a pregame meetup, in which case Evan will be signing all the autographs your heart desires. (laughs) Uh, There will be special guest appearances. We'll be uh, all sitting together in uh section or sections uh for the game and then we're going to be doing a post game live episode recording so there'll be giveaways there'll be merch everything like that so if you're interested go to the link in the bio of the episode the bio of the episode the link in the description of the episode or wingedwheelpodcast.com slash blog and you'll see the post there there's a survey for you to fill out so we know uh if you're interested how many tickets you're interested in and um just how many autographs you want from evan
0: yeah it'll be zero
1: <laughs> what if it's like uh for each autograph it's an extra dollar to the jamie daniels foundation
0: sure i'll do that
1: you should have upped the price actually
0: yeah that's true i just sold yeah. myself short it's yeah. too early you can't be throwing proposals like this out at me
1: oh man if that's all it takes and i have a lot of stuff that you say <laughs> no to <laughs> i'll save for the waking hours um you know what we did last episode that we should be ashamed of you know how sometimes it's the end of a long episode and we miss an obvious answer no yeah, not you that's for me and brad <laughs> you get everything right um the red wings mount rushmore question we didn't even mention scotty bowman
2: i considered scotty like oh. he, he was rattling around in my head but I mean, technically, Mike Illich is the one who would have officially hired him. So I prioritize that, right? You kind of go up the hierarchy there. Yeah. Because they were there at the same time. And without Mike Illich, there's no Scotty Bowman in Detroit. My thought was I don't want to go all from the same generation that feels
1: disrespectful to the initial however many 60, 70 years of one of the greatest sports franchises of all yeah, time. Yeah, but Gordy
2: was there for all of those. So he counts.
1: <laughs> he fills the quota. <laughs> he was, eh? All right. <clears throat> The biggest NHL news that we've had since the last episode is this Darnell Nurse contract. Um which people figured might be coming. Darnell Nurse, obviously Edmonton Oilers lefty, uh had a fantastic season last year, great defenseman. Um 26 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Um signed a an extension. So this next season is the last year of his contract he's making 5.6 million he signed an extension starting age 27 for 9.5 or 9.25 million dollars a year the last three years have a modified no trade clause and a no move clause and the last four years are bio proofed because each of the last four years have a six million dollar signing bonus so eight years 9.25 is this the market now for premier defensemen again? Or are we doing this like spike
2: and drop, spike and drop? Spike and drop, for sure. There's no way this is sustainable. It's it's just not. And if you look at the way NHL teams are being constructed, and I'm going to say the good teams, and the distribution of funds usually – forwards drive teams more than defensemen do. Defensemen are there to make sure that everything doesn't go wrong. Forwards are the ones who make things happen and You want to fight this early in the morning? Tampa Bay agrees with me. Anyways, and uh Stevie built that team. So Tampa Bay who has a stout defense, a robust defense, who don't have a single defenseman making what Darnell Nurse is making. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good money. You need good defense. I am not arguing that, but much like our goaltending conversation, you can find good defensemen for a lot cheaper than you can find good forwards who can actually impact a game. Um, but it's kind of like this weird domino effect of Stan Bowman breaking the market. And I don't see that sustainable because he just wanted to make a splash because he knows his job's on the line. And then, you know, Colorado did the same thing with Kale McCarr, except he's younger, better. Etc. He's worth $9 million. You yeah, that was a good contract. The premium free agent on the market was a defenseman, which usually isn't always the case. So it was just this perfect storm of what the hell. And then you had a couple guys who just decided to follow along for whatever reason. Cause again, in Ken Holland's world, just not signing the contract still doesn't feel like it's not an option. I don't know if that made sense, but.
1: No, no, I know what you mean. Like, yeah,
2: it's always automatic with Ken. Like, yeah, you, you
1: talk to him in the presser. He goes, well, that's what it cost. Like, I had no other choice. And it's like, no, but you do, right? Like, it's your pen on the paper at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. For what they paid Darnell Nurse. And don't get me wrong. I like Darnell Nurse. He is a good defenseman. But also, he just got $9.25 a year through his age 35 season after spending over 50% of his time on the ice with Connor McDavid this season and shooting an unsustainably high uh, career-high shooting percentage. It feels like a bad recipe. It probably is going to be. And the Oilers would have been better off if they just said, thanks, but no thanks, and just kind of keep him as a rental this year and then replace him with a body or two that's like less than a third of the price next year. I don't
1: think – I think Darnell Nurse had to be part of the long-term solution in in Edmonton. Like, he had a great year. It was some of that driven by shooting percentage and playing with Connor McDavid. I mean, both the eye test and the underlying numbers, yeah, dictate as much. But I really – I'm coming from the opposite bias as you. I really overvalue defensemen, and I think in the context of – you know, what puts you over the hump? What makes the difference in key games in the playoffs? Like, what do people remember when you're lifting the cup? That's the kind of stuff that's harder to quantify because it's not five on five. It's not over the course of an 82-game season. But in my personal opinion, that matters. I, I, If I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, I'm happy that Darnell Nurse is now in Edmonton for the next nine years at least. But I don't know what it is with UFA contracts. Look, if he's worth 9.25, fine. Like, if that's what he's worth on the market, fine. Like, I don't think he's that overpaid. I don't think that number is so egregiously high. My thing is, if you're going to go eight years, where's the trade off? Because it's eight years. There's.
2: So, is he
0: going to get like four years at 11 million bucks? Is that what Ken Holland
2: was trying to avoid? The Oilers <laughs> would have been better off doing that, I would argue. Yeah the, yeah,
1: the base salary is high now and uh, low later, but he also has $6 million in signing bonus for the last four years. So it, it all evens out. But yeah, like if you're going to use that eight year button, can you there got there has to be a trade off. There's signing bonus protection at the end, which makes it much harder to buy out. There's uh, there's no move and no tr- limited no trade for the last three years. It is. At the top of what his money value could be. Kevin Weeks made the point of superstar defensemen are so rare or like even star defensemen are so rare that you don't get them at discounts. And to that, I say, fine, sign up for six years, sign up for five. This isn't it's not the worst deal in history. I want to put that out there. It's just. This feels a lot. There's been a, there've been a lot of contracts this offseason where I'm like, oh man, this all honestly all feels reactionary and a bit emotional and a bit panicky, and it feels like something we'll be talking about in five years, like what the hell happened that offseason?
2: It's got 2016 written all over it again, except with better players, but way more money in term than what was handed out in 2016. I know how the narrative of this. Offseason is going to play out because almost every one of these big contracts is going to look pretty good to decent over the next two to four years, and everybody's going to be like, "Oh, see, you guys were all exaggerating." It's exactly what's happening with Josh Anderson in Montreal right now, where he had a good year, and everybody's like, "Oh, see, you guys all overreacting." We're like, "Yeah, it wasn't years one, two, three, four we were worried about." <laughs> so the same thing's going to happen. Seth Jones will probably have a decent bounce back on a better team in Chicago. McCarr, Hamilton nurse they'll all be great and they'll be good oh see we blew this out of proportion completely missing the context of yeah no it's the back half of all of these that are going to be an absolute dumpster fire if a contract
1: is balanced front to back half i'm actually like to me that's another contract within the contract right you're or like a gamble within the contract you're just taking a bet that that'll be you're you're taking the pain later to help yourself out in the shorter term and if you're edmonton doesn't matter if you agree or not you have to think um yeah, we need to try to win now because if we don't start winning now, a the fans may kill me, and b Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl maybe are gone. So I get that, but like, yeah, they're they're. I'm thinking of like Coleman.
2: I'm thinking of like Hyman, Hyman. I they they all apply because you look at most of those contracts that have been signed. They're by they're by guys who know they're in tenuous positions. Ken Holland signed this contract knowing that if they don't win a cup in the three four decent years of it he's not gonna be here for the back half of it so he doesn't care it's the same thing stan bowman's thinking in chicago it's the same thing jim benning's thinking in vancouver they're like okay yeah the back half of these contracts suck who cares either i win a cup and nobody complains or i don't win a cup and i'm not here to deal with it yeah like it's understandable from that person's standpoint this is kind of one of those areas where someone above him in the or, above these guys in the organization needs to step in and go are we sure about this yeah
1: <laughs> uh it's funny because i'm looking at dom's uh ranking of all dom nutrition's on of the athletics um he talked about the best deals the worst deals on like the good values scrap heap ones and and uh the hyman deals actually rates really well believe it or not
2: yeah because he's actually a legitimately good player who's gonna very much help Edmonton in the immediate short term it's years to it's years like four five six that are gonna be the problem speaking of defensemen guess who uh has the best one
1: of the best value contracts kill McCarr uh I don't think he did kill McCarr just because he's an RFA deal okay Dougie Hamilton yeah not surprising love that signing anyways uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how these all pan out some of them will and you know what that that feeds into the next topic here and it's kind of a bigger, broader discussion and more relevant to Red Wings fans. The Red Wings are probably gonna be a lottery team for the next two years. And I'm setting that limit at two years because you have three players who are quite potentially franchise level talents coming out of those drafts. In Shane Wright, Malty Michkov, and um Connor Bedard. Matthew. I always say Malty, my God. <laughs> Matt <laughs> Um who whose name am I injecting in there? Setkov. Yeah, Malty Setkov, Matt. Ah,
2: yeah, because they're comparable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Red Wings fans. It's coming soon. Um <laughs> and it whether you like the tank or not, it makes sense to not accelerate your rebuild before you see if you have a chance at those guys. That said, the Red Wings are a better team. Do, you cannot slow that down. Like literally, you cannot, and it's ba- it's a bad idea to make yourself intentionally worse when you're ready to be better. Um, so their lottery are- odds are likely not going to be top of the you know top of the pile at the end of the next two seasons. There's a real chance that the Red Wings don't win the lottery. They're actually statistically speaking, the Red Wings are not going to win the lottery either the next two years. Shocking! I don't know what would have ever led us to brace for that. <laughs> so, what is Detroit's answer for a number one center of the future? Because they'll need one.
2: When I have a good answer, I'll let you know. We've been trying to, Steve eisman has been trying to figure this out since he got here. There isn't a good answer here. Lottery ball luck or one hell of a trade. Now, or the expensive, ugly, you don't want
1: to think about it. You pay someone like nuts in free agency. There and isn't. you're not going to get their whole career. You're going to get them at age 27, 28, whatever. And you're going to be paying for it later and that's why you go through the um that's why you're stingy on the cap now to make it so you can afford that and you're going to have to really accelerate that window cuz you're going to have that
2: person for five solid years. Well, yeah, and the catch there is and like this is going to sound like an, an insult, it's not meant to be. You still have to convince them to come to Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I, when I, you're bidding against the Rangers, Los Angeles, who's going to be on the up and coming like maybe smaller market, worse markets but better teams are going to be bidding in at the same time. Like we talked about Alex Barkov. That is the easiest answer here, but I struggle to find a reason why Alex Barkov would come to Detroit in the middle of a rebuild. Like if I'm Alex Barkov, I'm not, I'm not signing in Detroit. I've got a good thing going in Florida where I can win a cup. So unless they're absolutely lowballing him. And if I'm leaving, I'm looking at teams that are in a much better spot. Now, You know, who knows what teams are going to be bidding on him, but if a Vegas, a Tampa, a Rangers, a LA comes to the table who are either already good or way further ahead in their rebuild, those are going to be way better options. The benefit with draft and trade is player doesn't get a say 99 out of 100 times. So you just you get the guy. Now the catch-22 there is, do the Red Wings have enough to trade for a premium center? Mm, probably not. They have a lot of options coming up. They are stacked in their defensive pipeline. So if they get lucky and, and a few extra guys hit that they didn't expect to hit, okay, now you have some movable pieces on the back end and, and maybe premium ones. Maybe, you know, a or Johansson or, God forbid, a cider you put on the block because you have enough insulation around them to be able to lose one of them. And then you can bring in, you know, a 22, 23-year-old centerman or a 24, 25. I don't know. Whoever's available. There's more certainty in that because, again, most players don't have no trade clauses.
0: I think if the Red Wings don't get it through the draft or organically – I think the Red Wings would be best to look at a team that's relying on one of their best centermen to take a hometown discount or a, a discount yeah. to stay there. This isn't a perfect fit, but I'll say Gabriel Landeskog, for example. Yeah, yeah, no, I they're that. you know they're expecting everybody to take these cheaper contracts. Blah blah blah. What if the Red Wings, when they're ready, came out and said, "Here you go." And, you know, I think Steve Eisenman's got that aura and that that persona to maybe attract someone like him to say, you know, think what you want about Detroit, but this is what we're building. And when Steve Eisenman talks, and we've seen this with, you know, not the same level, but we've seen it with like the Bobby Ryans, the Sam Gagne's, they said Steve Eisenman was the reason they came. Yeah. So I think that could be a great option for the Red Wings when the time is right to strike. Um, because the other teams are in a position where they can't
1: really match yeah and and you know what it'll have to be a combination of that and in my head i've always been thinking right that's how you do it but that's not really the way steve eisman operates he always squeezes but look at some advantages he had in tampa bay that you guys just alluded to that's Florida. It's a lot more popular of a destination just in terms of climate. Um, no income tax, no state income tax in Florida. So that's gonna make a big difference to players so he can get it lower on the, the cap. The more I think about it, the more I think something needs to be done about that in the CBA, but that's a bigger conversation for a different day. Um, yeah, I, I think the Landis cog situation is a great example actually. Like honestly, I was looking at Landis Cog and, and I saw the, the difference in price and I really thought he would leave. I thought someone, po- someone would pony up the money. They were saving all that money for the defenseman, but I think if this was not a flat cap world, like a, um, dealing with COVID, um, financial fallout world, I think Landis Cog was gone. I think someone's given him eight, eight and a half million.
2: Somebody would have. Yeah. And Colorado ended up doing it. They overpaid him pretty substantially. And
1: would they end up giving him seven? Uh,
2: I want to say like an eight by seven. Yeah. Eight by seven. And, um, but that's a front half back half contract. Yeah, but again, a domino effect because of that it ultimately led them to lose a first round pick because they couldn't afford to keep their starting goalie and they had to trade for a cheaper option which cost them a good prospect and a first round pick. So things like that always have to be factored in and you know, I'm a believer overpay for talent and Landeskog is talent. So overpaying guys like that I'm not too rattled about. Like if right now you told me, "Hey, Barkov's going to skip for agency and you get to jump the line, but you have to pay him 12 and a half a year. I'm not thinking twice. I'm absolutely signing that because if, if, if Barkov is objectively worth, let's say nine and a half, 10, I'm not sure that's the right number. Let's just say mm-hmm. for easy math's sake that he's worth nine and a half, but you have to pay him 12 and a half. I would rather have him and chop a $3 million player off my roster and fill that void with whatever AHL guy than not have an Alex Barkov because we've seen teams try that method and it doesn't work often. We're, we see Detroit trying to do it right now and we're going, yeah, this isn't going to work. Um, so whatever you have to do. And again, I'll, I'll go back to the example of everybody laughed at the Rangers when they signed Panarin saying, yeah, oh yeah, he's a great player, but that's a lot of money and you're not good. Well, nobody's arguing that contract now. And I think the same thing is going to happen with Barkov, whoever signs him next summer. Um, do I think it'll be Detroit? No, again, I don't think he'll probably even be in their top five destinations unless something changes this year or Iserman is in fact the greatest salesman in the history of humanity, which, Hey, I'm not ruling out. Um, I think, I think the,
1: the, the, where only comes into play once the money is in the same ballpark.
2: Yeah. But with a guy of Barkov's talent, it will be, yeah. There's going to be like skimping. There's going to be 12 teams coming to the table for him and coming and another like,
1: like 19 or 20 after that.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's going to be 12 teams that are going to be like at 10, 11, 12 million dollars. And then there's going to be another 18 teams at like 10. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll, there will be a bidding war and it's fine. And I'm not, I, I'm using Barkov as an example. Obviously there's going to be more players in the next few years than him who could fit this exact same conversation. I just haven't bothered to look. Whose contracts are expiring beyond next year. Um but yeah, it's it's the most likely option, but honestly, it's probably also the hardest option. Barkov
1: at twelve and a half by seven. Do you do it? Yeah, I don't think twice. Do you do it north of thirteen? I probably would still consider it because you just, it, right? Like, it's such a good answer to so much of the what the Red Wings How need. long was the term? Sorry. he'd
2: be, You can only sign him for seven if you're not oh, Florida. Okay. But Barkov's only 25, 26. So that, be 26. that's not taking him to like 36, 37 years old. Like, most of these other contracts are going. Yeah.
0: You really got to hope the cap goes up a little bit to make the contract turn into like a $10 million contract yeah. at some point. But man, 13 up front is a lot. Yeah. Guys like him don't come across the table very
2: often. No, no. You elite talent is impossible to get in the NHL. You want to know who's coming up the
1: year after? None of this will ever happen. Ignoring Ryan O'Reilly, cause he'll be 32. Matt Barzell, Sean Monahan, uh, Nate McKinnon, Larkin is going to be coming up. Bo Horvat's up. Sorelli's up at age 25. Sorelli's yeah, not in that conversation. No, though. no. Rupé Hints will be up around then. And I'm just looking at guys who are even remotely listed as centers.
0: We can complete the uh, Eric Cole circle. (laughs) Just bring back. (laughs) Storyline.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We should get uh, Vasilevsky back for the Quincy trade too. Yeah. I block the Quincy trade out of my head. When um, people are talking about Holland's legacy and the good and the bad of it. I legitimately don't factor because I can't. I I can't deal with that one. There's no. I I don't want to do that one at all. Yeah. Look. This will all be moot point and if we see the Red Wings win either the the first overall pick this year, or first or second overall pick the year after, and that's very early. Like, I mean, we still really need to dive into those drafts, and we haven't yet. There have been those three names, um but you don't know who else is going to come up who might project to be a possible top six centerman.
2: This is a very very top heavy draft for forwards yeah. for whatever that's worth in the early um, analysis of this draft. Yeah, like. There's a couple of Russians. You've obviously got Shane Wright, you know, um Savoy, Connor Geeky. Like there's going to be options here. So even if the Red Wings are picking fifth, sixth, seventh, it's not out of the realm of possibility to get that center in the draft this year. Maybe, Obviously not to a superstar level, but hey, it could solve some problems.
1: We're also thinking about this like the Red Wings need a number one premier center. Let's say the Red Wings end up with another top six center who flip-flops with Larkin early career in terms of where they play in the top six, number one or number two C. Is that a roster construction that you think can can eventually be a cup winner? Two Larkin-level top six centers, Vleno, Rasmussen, Suter, whatever, cycling through the next two centers, really good wingers, which the Red Wings are already well on the way to in a robust defense.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's a yes, but with ifs because those young wingers and defensemen we're talking about, they have to hit. Like they can't just, Oh yeah, Simon Edmondson is 75% of his ceiling. That won't cut it in this scenario. Oh yeah, Lucas Raymond's a good 60 point winger. Doesn't cut it in that scenario. Those guys have to get close to 100% of what they expect. They are most siders got to be a top 10, top 15 Norris candidate. Simon Edmondson has to be able to run a power play and be a really, really good number two. Lucas Raymond's got to be close to a Mitch Marner level of talent. So these things are all possible too. I'm not sitting here and saying, oh yeah, no, it's a pipe dream. No, those are all possible for those guys. Um, But you have do have to beat the odds there a little bit because we talked about it a lot around the draft is most of your prospects don't pan out. Very few actually reach 100% of their ceiling. If the Red Wings can get Instead of one or two of their top prospects hitting 100%, if they can get three or four, then yeah, that reality becomes very possible because then you have you know, two, let's say, hypothetically, elite wingers and two elite defensemen. You can very much build around that as long as you have adequate talent surrounding them because they would be able to do it. So if Lucas Raymond is everything we think he could be, if Jonathan Bergeron is everything we think we could be, and let's say Sider and Edmondson, and then even if Johansson hits seventy five percent, and you know a couple of these other guys, Niederbach hits seventy five percent, you're good. That's that's roster filler at that point. That's fine. Um, this is gonna sound really dumb. Yeah. Does Vegas
0: have elite centers?
2: They don't. Not really. Like that's
0: what I, I was just going no. through the past. You know, uh, Stanley Cup winners and the finalists and the teams that are really good. And I was saying like everybody's got like a. St- superstar centerman or at least a top tier centerman and i got to vegas and i couldn't really think of anyone i've considered to be a premier centerman that's why they're in so hard on jack heichel yeah Yeah. but to be fair um but they haven't won anything they, they
2: yeah they obviously built their team a lot differently but they are kind of what i'm describing because they have about four elite players outside of the center position that they can build around Because, you know, you look at – they've got Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty on the wing. William Carlson is still a really, really good option at center. They have Shathier on defense. They have a super – well, they had a superstar in net. Like, they did not have that center, but they had guys at every other position who were at the top of their position relative to the entire league. So. Things went very, very right for them there. Cause when they traded for Shea Theodore, nobody thought Shea Theodore was going to be this good. Um, when they brought in Marc-Andre Fleury, nobody thought Fleury would have a season like he just had. And, you know, we all, Mark Stone is probably the one that we're like, Oh, no. Yeah. This was, this is what we thought he was, but (laughs) the
1: Shea Theodore in terms of surplus value. Oh, people don't really don't appreciate what he does for that team.
2: Yeah. No, they don't. He's well. He got clo- he got a lot of Norris votes this year. So. He did.
1: He's just yeah. coming around now, didn't he? Not originally start off on Vegas when they had that glutted defenseman and they couldn't move enough, and he had to like stay either scratched from the minors. Or am I mixing him up with someone
2: else? I can't remember that. That felt like ten years ago at this point. It that was that's going to be five years ago. We're half a decade removed, almost. The
0: expansion draft was almost five years ago. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Oh, I want to say. God. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, their first ever pick was a Rasmussen draft. Think about that. Oh my, what? <laughs> really? Yep, Cody oh Glass. My, oh my God. The expansion draft. It's fun. They pit, They had three uh, first round picks that year. And everybody's like, this is the cornerstone of how Vegas is going to get good. None of those three play for Vegas. No.
1: <laughs> Although, I mean, credit to them. Look, that's a thing, right? Like Se- Seattle's doing something very obvious. They are saying, we don't have the same advantage Vegas does um we're not getting we're not getting what we want in deals i think that was mishandled but they're essentially putting themselves at the bottom of a rebuild to start that's what they're doing
2: kind of but they're not they've got a really good defense and then they went and spent a billion dollars in free agency that like they turned themselves into minnesota i think their
1: defense will make them hard be hard to play against but i still think they'll lose plenty because they're not scoring a lot
0: Montreal was, well, I mean, they were somewhat hard to play against on the back end with offense coming, um, by whoever was hot that night. But yeah, do you think Montreal is going to be contending for a cup every year? Well, I, don't
2: I don't think so. I'm, and also do you think Montreal's a lottery team this year? I don't think so either. <clears throat> yeah.
1: They based a lot around Shea Weber too, right? While well, they had him, they milked him for all he was worth. And now that he's retiring, which we didn't talk about Shea Weber's LTI retiring. Which, I mean, that man's body is battered and bruised. So you deserve the break, Evan.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, there's, it's, it's that decision that teams are making. And it's, Red Wings fans are ultra familiar with it because they did that for probably three, four more years than they should have, which is why we're here right now, still talking about the draft. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be a complicated situation to see where teams like that in Seattle end up. I just like, the Seattle thing is so funny to me because it's so obvious to see what happened. And like in conversations with Ron Francis after, like, I don't think he's a bad GM. I think he's a good GM. I think he's a smart mind. He has his tendencies, which are very obvious. But like, if you're asking for a first and a third to protect Jake Allen and the team says, no, you still got to take a second for that, right? Because it's Jake Allen. You or do you not take need- a
2: third. You, you got to take something. Yeah, because yeah, I I have hear the argument for like, let's say a team's going into a trade deadline as a seller. And it happened this year with Detroit and Luke Lindenning in all likelihood. Like our price for him is X. Let's say a second round pick. If nobody meets that price, I'm not caving for a fifth because then people know in future trades they can take advantage of me. Because the trade deadline comes around every year. Ron Francis misplayed his hand because he's not in this scenario again. He could have. Made whatever deal he wanted and and got suckered into going three rounds lower in the pick or whatever it is, and it doesn't matter that much because there's not going to be another expansion draft that he has to navigate to where people go, hey, you're asking for first, I got you for a fourth, I'm going to do that again next time too, except there is no next time, so that that's where he really missed for me, but then. If we're going to, since we're going down this rabbit hole, my biggest criticism of Francis isn't that he missed. If you hold firm on your price and don't get it. Yeah. I think his prices were too high and I don't think he was as flexible as he should be. But his biggest mistake was he didn't have what seemed like a cohesive plan. We came out of the expansion draft and went, okay, maximum cap space, flexibility, taking the approach of a rebuild. I get it. And to an extent, I like it, like sustained success versus, you know, let's just pray. But then he went and overspent and signed a ton of – like not bad, but like spent a lot of money on a lot of big contracts and free agency to players who are not turning this team into a contender, which was the exact opposite mentality of what he took. If you were going to sign Jaden Schwartz to a five-by-five, if you were going to give Philip Grubauer six years, if you were going to do all this – why did you leave James Van Riemsdyk on the table? Why did you leave Vladimir Tarasenko? You had better players available for better contracts than you signed. What, like I, That's what I can't reconcile about what happened there. But sorry, I'm-
0: that's why I totally subscribe to the idea that they had the plan of being a cap floor team. And then the ownership picked up the paper the next day and heard the <laughs> rumblings at the 50,000 Starbucks that they have in Seattle. <laughs> and they're like, oh, God. How are we going to, like, we're not going to, like, be as good as or as popular as we thought uh, in their own head. And then they go back and make knee-jerk reactions and signings. I totally think that's what happened because otherwise it doesn't make any sense to me.
1: There aren't enough Starbucks close to my house. I realized that the other day. Like, they're all, like, a 10-minute drive in each direction, any direction from the house. And to me, that's just unacceptable. That's my embarrassing thing about myself I wanted to say on this podcast. I had that thought and I was like, that's not a rational or normal or good thing to think, so I have to tell that to people. Okay.
2: There's nothing within 10 minutes of my house, so you got that going for you at least. Yeah, that's because he chooses to live out in the...
1: Although, you know what? The city is slowly growing out
2: into you. Yeah, no, and it's making everything very expensive. It's quite annoying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell me about it. <laughs> what,
2: uh, welcome to planet Earth.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'm not... Strong-willed enough to make a strong declaration about Seattle. I would want to see how they play out a full season. One, an expansion draft is weird. Admittedly, it's only really been done once in modern NHL history, and it was very atypical, and it caused a lot of change in how the other 31 GMs or 30 GMs handled it. So I'll have my criticisms of it, but I'm not going to declare Ron Francis a bad GM because of it. Um, I need to see how they go through like a full season cycle. I had a lot of ideas. I of what think Vegas you're going to
0: be. be, you're going to think that there'll be a lot. You're, you're going to think highly of it because they're in the Pacific.
2: Yeah. Oh, cause it's a week. They're going to get inflated. Like if you told me right here and said, after I ramble on about how they turn themselves into a mediocre team, you can go, Oh yeah, but they're going to finish second in the Pacific. I saw into the future. I'd go, yeah, no, I could, I could see that.
0: It'll be interesting to see what their record is within division and outside it.
1: I'll just say from a new team, purely fan perspective, like you want to get fans excited. You finish top two in your division and you win a playoff round, I think it's worth it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, But there was, but my argument there is there's better ways to go about that as well. It's if they wanted to be a team that wanted to make a splash, they didn't build the best team they could have. And if they wanted to be a budget cap rebuild thing, well, then they shouldn't have signed all those contracts. That's, that's my criticism. I'm not saying any one move in a bubble was horrible for what they did. It was just that they they didn't go all in either way because again if they wanted to make a splash and maybe even give Vegas a run to win the division, because I, I think that would have been within the realm of possibility, you don't pass on Tarasenko. you don't pass on Van Reemsteek, you don't you don't select Carter Torinsky <laughs> from Philly. Like there was there was a better way to go about it if that was your plan. All
1: right, hear me out. I move forward another year into seeing who the UFA centers would be. 2024 2025 offseason
2: 2024 2020 that's two years right
1: that's three three well austin matthews and sebastian aho are both
2: gonna be ufas
0: well austin matthews is going to play in arizona
2: (laughs) yeah that's off the table is arizona still gonna have a team and i'm pretty sure aho's going to montreal but we'll see (laughs) if (laughs) bergevin's still employed again okay um one thing i wanted to chat
1: about quickly um and you'll see why this will be quick in a second before we uh maybe head into overtime here is the um civil suits regarding Chicago and alleged uh sexual abuse and writing a reference letter for um Aldrich who was then convicted of sex, uh, sexual abuse elsewhere this is a story it's delicate for a lot of reasons um there's a content warning here quite obviously um it's delicate for a lot of reasons and the information about it has been released not sporadically but it we didn't have everything up front it's hard to talk about because it's hard to talk about it's hard to talk about because it's it's a very complicated thing to navigate and very few people have done you know real reporting on it there's not a lot of like solid concrete information and it's still developing fast um Our friend Steve Dangle uh, and as well as Adam and Jesse over at the Steve Dangle podcast had Rick West head on. And I just want to say if you want to not just get up to speed, but fully understand what's happening in that situation, please go listen to that episode of that podcast. Um, There's also a transcript floating around. I'll retweet it. Um, I read it. Actually, I read it before I could listen to it. It is A little horrifying but it is real and it's raw and i applaud rick and i applaud the guys over on that pod for doing what they did because it really kind of more eloquently than we could put it illustrates what's happening in this situation in a way where no detail is you know no important detail is spared but it also is very i don't want to say careful it's very proper in how they approach it. It's a, it's a complicated situation. It's a civil suit. It's not a criminal one. You can't make a declaration about, you know, imprisonment or anything like that without, you know, acknowledging that it's just an ongoing case and it's not a criminal case and it's it's messy, but it's done the best job I've seen anyone else do. And, and I really think that people should go listen to that.
2: It really helped clarify the legal arguments yeah. about what was going on because we all understand. Uncomfortable as they are. Yeah. For the most part we understand the context of the events but the part that Chicago's not even arguing oh this didn't happen. It's just no no no, no. it doesn't matter if it happened or not. We're not the legally responsible. And that might hold. It might but in the it, it's telling in the sense of that they're not even trying to deny the situation. What my biggest takeaway is, is
1: no matter what happens with the civil suit, I think there is a weight of responsibility here on the NHL to either ensure that the you know independent review being done by the law firm that was hired by Chicago is just that and or. Making sure that they are conducting their own either review of that review or their own independent review. And there are consequences to this because from what we know now, there already deserved to be. So I'm going to withhold judgment until we see what's happened. Um, I think the NHL has been too slow. I think the NHL and the NHLPA have a lot to answer for into why it even got to this point. But I'm happy at least that this is coming out now and I'm hoping that this is, with enough public pressure, this is acts as a turning point for how the NHL handles it moving forward.
0: Yeah, I maybe I just sound like an asshole or a pessimist. Well, I definitely sound like a pessimist. Welcome
1: to the Wing Wheel Podcast. Oh, yeah,
0: welcome. Maybe this comment is very on brand, but when organizations investigate themselves, you aren't getting anything out of it and especially... A business that insulates itself and protects their own a la the old boys club or whatever um, until there's some sort of federal uh, governmental or some sort of investigation that you know is fully independent and not hired by the nhl or hired by chicago i don't think anything's coming of it so i know that sounds like such a bad like i i hate you know that being what i think the resolution is or what will come out of it but i just have no faith in the nhl to you know do the right thing because at this point it hasn't trended in the right way
1: Well, well well there's some kind of quote about a fool and hope and something like that but it doesn't come to me so let's hope that um that the trends that we see are a little bit better. So we'll see how that one unfolds. And uh, again, kudos to Rick Westhead as well as uh, Steve. He Adam does and great Jesse.
0: report investigative journalism.
1: Incredible. Yeah. Really good. And he also mentions Katie string and her work for the athletic in there. I think yeah. she deserves all the recognition in the world. Okay. Uh, why don't we head into overtime uh, on this episode of the wing wheel podcast. And again, um, our plan is to talk to you again next Sunday. However, um, The Verona news might come out before then So you might hear from us uh, Before then, depending on when that news comes out So we're going to start with um, Patreon I know uh, we had some Reddit questions Last week that we didn't get to So we'll actually jump back to a few of those But we're going to start with Patreon um, Antonio Gracia says Not sure if you guys are whiskey drinkers But I was thinking uh, What would be a good drink and toast to make At the start of the next season
2: Hopefully not bleach
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm not a shot person i oh, i no. I've,
1: i'm many years past that um you don't toast to victory you toast to the kids toast to cider toast to whatever rookie is going to make their appearance and uh pain for shane pain for shane <laughs> that's actually a really good one pain for shane and pick like the most aggressive drink that you can have that hits the back of your throat um fireball mixed with tequila why oh,
0: <laughs> you said aggressive there it is whiskey and tabasco <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, would, I would sooner I, I the sick part of me would actually enjoy that what brad mentioned actually just made my stomach curl
2: oh yeah same it, yeah it's everything i hate uh
1: i am new here says who is the more common initiator of arbitration player agent or other uh i think uh, player, player agent
2: would be the same
1: yeah it's one of the same right yeah i'm gonna say agent here but not because you know agents are evil and they encourage players to do things that hurt the team no it's because players literally they're like this i play hockey i don't know how to negotiate these are big sums of money you tell me if i'm getting what i'm worth you tell me if they're lowballing. so like agent if you're at saying if you're asking who says it but it's one and the same you're right
2: brad yeah, players will go to the agent. I want this much money over this much years, and I'd prefer to not be traded. See what you can do. And that's generally about the player's involvement. And then the agent goes and does all the talking, negotiating, and then comes back to the player. All right, here's what they're saying. Here's what we can get. Here's your other options.
1: Yeah. Uh Ben Glissman says, hey, guys, long-time listener, relatively new subscriber. Ben, thank you so much for your support of the Winged Wheel podcast. Uh says, I started to learn to play hockey recently and wondered if you have any favorite solo drills that I could try during stick and puck time if it like very simple ones aside from like dumping some pucks or obstacles around and just stick handling around them when i was first starting to play hockey when i was younger do your circles skate uh, around the circles and you know do the figure eights and stuff do it with a puck on your stick that'll teach you just the natural puck handling as you move and then you can advance up from there
2: i'm a big believer in screwing around uh, j- just grab a puck and try shit dumb stuff fun stuff stuff that you think sounds a little more practical just so you get comfortable with everything um and then that that's more so for puck skills shooting all that kind of stuff for skating learn to be able to live on your edges um and the easiest one to do that is just one foot up one foot on the ice and kind of make s cuts in the ice and then switch legs just because most guys gonna break his ankle (laughs) well that's the thing that's exactly the point most beginners don't have the proper ankle strength and or flexion to properly properly utilize their edges so it's it's something to focus on pretty early uh aaron hudson says hey boys have a food question
1: i'm in the minority but i believe pineapple belongs on pizza Are any of you with me hell yeah I'm so lukewarm on that. I don't care.
0: I'd prefer not.
1: But none of, none of you are like, I'll stab you in the heart if you do it.
0: I won't be eating that pizza.
1: No, that's fine. Um, I also once tried a pizza with banana topping on one of my trips to Sweden. Did Lars pay you to say this? <laughs> What's That's the strangest food I've eaten. Uh, the strangest food I've eaten is boar. What's yours? Oh, boy. Um, shark. You had shark? Yeah didn't taste like much did
2: it no yeah it was very underwhelming
1: have you guys had a head cheese no uh, look i understand why it would be good but why did they have to pick that name
0: it <laughs> couldn't be less appealing yeah if you're correct yeah but it was good
1: i had a lot while i was in southeast asia i think i had snake at some point
0: oh so you're the reason why we're in a lockdown <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Uh, kind of chickeny, actually. Uh, Nick Geyer says, uh, hey, I don't have a question, but I do have a story. My grandmother informed me of something really cool. Great aunt was the secretary for former player, coach and GM, Sid Abel. When my great aunt got married, the Gordy Howe made an appearance at the wedding. That is cool as hell. Um, I hope there's pictures. Tyler C says what will happen first The Red Wings win a playoff series or I get a full night's sleep I have a set of twin boys that are turning four
2: And another set of twin boys that are turning one Red Wings playoff series win That's not even a question (laughs) I'm not even kidding It doesn't matter if that takes 10 years That's still the more likely scenario Oh Tyler Bless you I'm sure they're great kids
0: We're going to have to have another shot just for him (laughs) No kidding
1: Two sets of twins. Oh God! How do you? How did you survive two heart attacks? Is my question. When you found out they were twins, either time.
2: Oh my God! <laughs> I remember the fear when we found out Crystal's pregnant with the second. Because we were our plan was always two kids. So we're like, ah, if we have twins on the first shot, great, we're done. But then Crystal's got a lot of twins in her family. I found out I have twins in my family. So when she was on the second pregnancy, we we're like, please God, please just one, just one. We don't want three kids. <laughs> My like, yeah, I, we want two.
1: But what happens if you get yeah one the first time and the next one is triplets? And you're just like, what do you do? Like, what, like run? You'd yeah, run, right? Yeah. <laughs> you are just kidding, Mel. We're just kidding, Cat, Mel. We're just kidding i wasn't kidding (laughs) (laughs) uh cody stark says hello canadian neighbors canada is letting me drive to my camper on monday for the first time in a year and a half it's actually in the states but it's one of the three geographic oddities in the u.s where you can only get there by driving through canada place is actually half a mile from where manitoba ontario and minnesota meet called the northwest angle anyways i'm taking the whole week off work to head up and watch a shit ton of walleye or catch a shit ton of walleye out of your ontario waters uh, of lake of the woods there's a family of possums living in my camper. I'll name them after you guys. I
0: watched, I watched a video on this. They, in the winter, made an ice road, if this is the right place. They made an ice road to get people there. And that was, like, their tourism budget to, like, generate some revenue. I, I think this is the right place.
1: That is cool as hell. I wish I was a rugged enough person to be taking ice roads and sitting out in the cold.
0: Yeah, it's not. No, that's no, not.
1: No, I'm bad. far too much of a diva. Like, I I complain too much. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to you, Cody. Uh, Give Blood Fight Probert. Sa- oh, that's an awesome name. It says, hey, boys. Greetings again from deep south Texas. Curious if you heard Frank Cervalli's interview on Chicklets and what you thought about the insider stuff he discussed. Most notably for me was a statement about uh, most all of the GMs and agents openly tampering before free agency beginning and his insinuation that the league was turning a blind eye to it. Thanks for all you do and keep it up.
2: How could they not be? The trade, the signings started rolling in at like 1201. Do you know how complicated a financial contract is? That's not something you're banging out, submitting, signing, and getting submitted in like 15 minutes. I think it's prevalent across all major sports leagues. It's oh, got to be. Absolutely is. And you know what? I don't care. I don't. No, I don't, think no, I don't either. I don't even. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. Once the season's over, all bets are off. As is right now.
1: Like, don't push it more than it is right now. Like, if you have teams like openly, like, I, I think the NBA pushes it a bit too far with players like openly campaigning and stuff like that. But as is with the NHL right now, fully comfortable with that. Um, Tiege says, so if Ryan is going to start doing us, I forgot I had that slip up last episode. Mm-hmm. If Ryan's going to start doing us, should we call you daddy? Uh, no, I don't make nearly enough money to have that name for the podcast. Um, also with all of our signings this season, do you think there's a chance Mo starts the season in Grand Rapids as opposed to
2: Detroit? Almost none. Unless he has a horrific preseason in camp.
1: I'll say there's a, I'll say there's like a one in four
2: chance. I think that's high.
1: If you had to think of things that are most likely going to piss Brad off this season.
2: Oh, that would be the top of my list. If, yeah. if I'm watching opening day Gustav Lindstrom while Moe Siders in Grand Rapids, <laughs> like I'm throwing hands with someone.
1: Uh, bowling like Botas says, Playing my first hockey tournament this week and just finished my fifth game in two days. And I've transformed to milk bag from milk bag or to milk bag to completely dead. Yeah, that's about how it goes for tournaments. While I can't play I can't real golf. See,
2: can't wait to see Ryan on Tuesday.
1: Oh, it's going to be bad. (laughs) I was thinking about it. I was like, there better be a lot of guys there because I am not going out more than like twice every 10 minutes. Okay. I think we have like two or three per bench. You're screwed.
0: (laughs) I'm not helping you out. I'm not coming to that.
1: (laughs) You have no idea how intentionally poorly I'll play so I don't have to skate. Oh, well, no, we don't skate. We're all milk bags as well. Yeah. Uh, While I can't play real golf, I play a mean game of Mario Golf. uh, If we'd want to have a virtual golfing tournament. Mario, I, Mario Golf. I like the the PGA Tour 2K21. That one's not bad as well. Uh, Neil G says I got permission uh, from the wife to travel from Alaska to Detroit to go to WWP Night in November. Hell yeah! jesus i want to go to alaska so bad yeah bring us back with you uh not sure if i should be excited or worried about what she wants slash expects in return whatever it is i can tell you we're not worth it but thank you
2: yeah i don't know why you're so worried you live with bears man like
1: (laughs) uh looking forward to some fresh faces in grand rapids who do you think will will make a name for themselves
2: and start forcing stevie's hand for a call-up first keep up the great content i'm hoping and it's probably the most likely answer lucas raymond That is the most fun, happy answer. The real one will probably
1: be Joe Valeno with seeing how the roster might shake out. Yeah, we already kind of know. Oh,
0: man, you guys are going to be upset when Chase Pearson's called up.
1: (laughs) You joke, but you're probably right. I know. We know. Woodson, too, says, hey, guys, love the pod and happy you guys get to record together again. Four man golf scramble. It's you and any current or past Red Wings. Only rule is you can only pick one forward, one D man and one goalie
0: henrik zetterberg's a good golfer
2: is he yeah of course you're going on skill i'm thinking just the beers and the conversation so i'm going Hashik, nick and gordy because that's gordy or, my answer yeah gordy or stevie Hashik because he's hilarious yeah nick because
1: nick you have to have one composed player on the course yeah. and gordy because that would be just yeah that's probably that's the right answer the hockey stories you, you want someone who can when they talk there it's worth listening to and that's yeah. gordy howe uh, Ghost of Podcast Pass says your goal is for maximum chaos. What one penalty do you take out of the rule book?
2: And the goal is maximum chaos. Goal tender interference. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, that's that's the, the, the right answer. <laughs> answer. <laughs> that is an incredible answer. I look, someone's getting Pete roasted every game and that would be incredible
1: uh case Stangy says question what has two bad knees no good seasons in the last few years in his full of grit answer i don't know but kenny wants to give him a big ass contract with the full <laughs> nmc all jokes aside though oh, thoughts that and was th- a joke about me there i was today. gonna say yeah I, I, I,
0: I immediately thought of dan cleary
1: <laughs> uh thoughts and prayers for our friends in edmonton kenny's gonna kenny uh jacob votes votes sorry jake if i'm saying your name wrong says don't worry uh, about Saying you were going to do, uh, do all of the patrons. It could be worse. During an audit at work last week, I meant to say, been sitting on the shelf for years, but what I actually said was been shitting itself for years. <laughs> yeah, that's us on the Wingwheel podcast. Yep. Uh, anyways, just bought a house myself yesterday. Any advice for new homeowners? Well, first of all, congratulations.
0: Yeah, I'll take that advice as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I don't even own the house that I'm, we're in right now. So me neither. We're, uh, well, no, sorry. My girlfriend does. I don't. I'm just a freeloader. Yeah. I'm here to be a pretty face.
0: What I've learned very quickly is to do things a little bit slower. We've been trying to do every single project at the same time and nothing gets done. And I just, you, it's just not a good way of doing
1: things. And when I think of Evan, I always think, man, I wish this guy would slow down. He's just going yeah. too fast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we got like a thousand different contractors coming to the house. It's like, I just need to fo- prioritize and focus on one thing at a yeah. time.
1: Uh, Lars, the prophet of the towering behemoth says, greeting, sir, streaming lovers. When I support a team, I generally want them to play an attractive style of play. Sure. I'm happy when my teams win, but I want them to look good doing it. What's your thoughts about that? Are you okay with skull numbing Islanders hockey as long as they win or isn't winning enough by itself? And you want uh CC CCCP style domination like I do. No, I'm happy to win, right? Like I, I haven't appreciated I have an appreciation for the game, even the not flashy kinds. Maybe that's just because I really love good defense, but that's obviously what like not flashy hockey looks like when you win like that. Um, no, I'm, I'm happy to just win. I don't really care how it happens.
2: Uh, have any of those quote unquote style of teams won the cup? St. Louis. I don't know. Or Kind of, but they had Schwartz, Riley, Tarasenko. Like, yeah. They were scoring a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, most teams are going to some variation of a stingy defense these days. And if you don't have the offense to overcome it, it's just going to be a pile up in the mushy middle soon.
1: Um. C nods says, Hey guys, I'm excited for you. Uh, I'm excited for you with the recognition and growth. You've recently seen from the first interview with an active player to working with the wings, great achievements and can't wait to see the future growth. Thank you. C nods. Question is we have a nasty habit of needing, uh, of getting to needing a third party for the RFA contracts. Do you think that along with the consistent threat of trade hurting organizations, uh, hurts organizations relations with its players, Mantha's trade really helped set in. No one is safe besides the really young guns. I think there's a risk there for sure. Um, I I don't want to say that necessarily applies in Detroit's case, but you have to walk a line because I don't think anything in terms of asset management that's been done has been inappropriate. I agreed with almost all of it, but there definitely is a world where you can take it too far, right?
2: Oh, yeah. We've seen teams do it time and time again. and it it blows up in their face eventually i don't think that's what's going to happen here like as soon as a, the first long term contract gets signed by stevie guys will go okay here we go but that's probably not going to be this off season uh, Vaxed fresh cheesebacks Says hey fellas
1: glad to announce that my furlough is over and I'm back slinging drinks At Fred's in the great upper west side of Manhattan My short break from posting is now over That I'm adjusting to being back to work With the influx of patrons from the draft streams What will the future of the winged wheel podcast Overtime segment become Will you implement a character limit on patreon comments Because Very clever Joseph <laughs> Colorado 14ers says I noticed the wings YouTube channel runs episodes uh, Of the winged wheel Will the members of this pod, uh, like Ron and Ernie, be <laughs> asking for arbitration? No, no, we won't. Uh, instead, of, we're going to be partnering with them. Uh, Mr. My says, hey, y'all, what's your go-to fast food pizza and cheap beer combo? For me, it's Little Caesars and Labatt Blue, not light. If I'm getting, like, fast food pizza, uh, I really appreciate Domino's. I think they know what they are, and they
2: do it well for cheap. That question was actually Chris Illich, and you just ended our partnership. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a Little Caesars near me. I, neither do I, but I make it work. Do you go? Oh, good for you. Actually, we're, nah, well, not too bad. Lackner in Victoria area. When I'm back in
1: Windsor, it's Little Caesars, but I don't think there's even a Little Caesars anywhere near me where we are. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Hot ready's though, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. The amount of hot ready's I put away when I was in high school. Probably explains a lot. Oh, yeah. 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 Speaking of hot rays, I'm hot and ready to go. Have fungus. All right. See you later, Brad. Next comments from uh, Rowan from LORW. G'day, Dudjuts. It's I, Rowan. Uh, they didn't let me do an ad read. Uh, I believe it's due to my appearance fee being per minute. Uh, anyways, it was a record 69 for unique listeners. Speaking of ad reads, I would encourage everyone to head over to uh, Pineo panayotes.com and grab some gear that is by fans for fans recently acquired one of their t-shirts and it's slick as heck so go i and this is uh peter's site uh, p-a-n-a-y-i-o-t-e-e-s.com and use promo code isa rohan to get yours now before kevin gets all no free ads listen here pal by supporting the show patrons get their comments read out how i use that comment is up to me and any attempt at censorship is weak and sad and may i remind you kevin That you promoted your own employer a while back, you corporate sellout. You didn't even say anything this time. You're fine with the ad.
0: Oh, you're the one who censors it. So I have no power during this segment.
1: And it's funny that Brad is gone right now. So who really is at fault here? Oh, it's always Brad. A man who ran away from the crime. Uh, Jersey time. Quick fire home or away. Don't think, just answer. Minnesota.
0: Wait, sorry. Home or away? Jerseys? Yeah. Which ones are the greens? Homes.
1: Homes. A home. I say away. Rangers. Home. Home. Uh, Arizona. Home. Kachina uh, home. Kachina home. Yeah. Uh, Montreal. Home. Home. Edmonton. (laughs) Alas. This comment is brought to you by uh, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, a Fournier company, and Panap. Penayotes remember peneyotes.com and andrianopoulos company peter i'm so sorry for messing is up is
0: that up. a real company or is that supposed to be like you them no, trying no. to get you to say something stupid no no
1: no that's peter's actual like uh, he has a t-shirt oh yeah, yeah. i see okay he, he has like the retire 91 shirts okay. you, i don't know if you've seen them on twitter no those are cool i've got a actually i thought see. for sure it was
0: someone just trying to get you to say something dumb
1: i you know i i don't pre-read these for the most part yeah i know that's why i thought that's what it was yeah i'm always at risk I was And I came in hot. When we first started doing the show, I was like, you can't get me. My mind's sharp. And now I'm just like in a fog. It took
0: all of two or three questions to make that happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, some Reddit questions from before that deserve uh, that I we didn't get a chance for last time. Um, from Stepa21 says, do you think Eisman has any big moves left in store this offseason? Or is he largely done? Never say never.
0: Unless something happens in training camp or there's someone falls off a jet ski and gets hurt or something like that yeah i'd imagine they're done for now
1: there's always every gm in the league should always have the capacity there could be some move.
0: pto options too but that's not
1: big right like no yeah, yeah. i suppose that's not big if it's a big move it'll be a trade there's not really anything left in terms of signing at this point
0: yeah there's a well they could bring riley shahan back in he's a ufa
1: no that's true um meme lord overkill says what will the wings win first a draft lottery or a stanley cup
0: stanley cup i think the answer here <laughs> might be cup
1: right um pesky prussian says prospect deep cuts how excited are you or that how excited are you that kirill chuchiev was signed by the griffins for next season must actually mean that they see something uh in him to give him a closer look i consider that a win in itself and i think that's the right analysis like is he a surefire bet no absolutely not but um with how late he was picked and what you know he can do. I think it's worthwhile to be excited just in that. Do you think that Mastro has a chance to break out with Boston U this season? Yeah, I think so. I I think you're looking for master Simone to have, he was a really good in my mind, second round pick. And he has a ton of uh, ability and potential, especially offensively, where I think he does have that chance to pan out. So you would hope that he has a kind of a breakout season to cement his path um, towards the Red Wings. Yep. A little bit sooner. Well, I don't want to say a little bit sooner. Patience is a virtue with, with prospects. Um, and do we have any... Yarvik 7 says, what are the odds on JFV, which is Joe F and Valeno, uh, breaking camp and being on the Red Wings opening night roster? Um. Before looking at the roster, I would have said 75%.
0: Yeah, and that, that's what I was just doing. And when I start to actually think about guys who are going to be on the team, it's seems low. And yeah. if it's going to be low, I'd rather him just be in Grand Rapids because I do not think he needs to be sitting in the press box Agreed. doing nothing. Um, oh, man. Unless he, he's got to play his way onto the team um, in camp. Otherwise, I'd prefer him just to be in Grand Rapids.
1: I'll give him a 40% chance. All right. Yeah. We're going to wrap up this week's episode of the wing podcast. We will be with you at minimum next week. Uh, but depending on when the Verona news comes out, we might be doing something midweek. But for now, uh, this is a kickoff to our summer break. We're going down to one a week episodes. Midweeks will be uh, Patreon exclusive, uh, shorter, but fun episodes. Uh, we'll start that process next week. We're going to take this week just to kind of relax. Hopefully. If Steve Eisman lets us. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, our name level sponsors, Arjun Shanker, Yves Bartels on behalf of the Sarah Garand Foundation, Kyle Karagets, Nick Perks, Brett Bailey, Terry, Driver of Crying Ryan, Hannah's Banana Slamma Jamathong, Taylor Tagel, Brandon M, Citizen High Five, Craig Kibble, Derek Enstem, DJ Denton, Give Blood, Fight Probert, Greech, Hana Lee, Hassam Al Jacob Turner, Jake Kiefer, Jeremiah Dobo, Joe Santangelo, Justin and the Angry Mob, Kalen Wood, King Tone, Cody Stark, Kyle Hashman, Kyle McClure, Matt McKay, Matthew M. Rice, pissing and moaning Brad Crisco, uh, R.A., Ryan Hubbard, Scott Martin, Stacey Lynn, Zach Spring, Andrew Bohan, Sam Bankson, Adam I Wish I Could Finish Like Ernie, Antonio Gracias, Colorado 14ers, Connor Leighton, Currently Out of Name Ideas, Dave W., Evans Bingo Card, Halligan Beer, Jeremy Brocker, Josh Yelton, Kevin McCracken, Quaz, Matt Keeler, Matt S., As Good As It Gets, Motorboatin' Son of a Burt, Trevor Pebavar, Vaxed Fresh Cheese Bags, and Zach Handyside. Oh, and Zach McCann, a Driving Range Superstar. Thank you all so much. We'll see you